Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. You know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and for her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hi. <laughs> I love the pose, but people can't hear the pose. <laughs> If you're a regular listener, you might be wondering why we skipped over addressing questions and comments sent in through our listener line. If you submitted any, don't worry, we'll get a hold of those next week. This week, however, we're shaking things up a little bit with a special crossover episode. Intro, echo, sound effects. Uh, And we need to make room for our special guest. (laughs) Our special guest, Chris Damaris from Rooster Teeth's Good Morning from Hell podcast series. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Good, good. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's been... uh... It's been hell here in Texas, so it, oh. uh, it's it's <laughs> truth. It's nice to talk to people outside of Texas, or at least half of half of y'all. <laughs> Some. <laughs> and as a Minnesotan, I appreciate the plight that you experienced for like four days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the nice thing about Minnesota is you guys know how to deal with that ice stuff. Oh yeah, we're prepared. Yeah. I remember in college. I uh, what was it? I was I was in college and I heard that like South Carolina got like. Uh, half an inch of snow and it shut the city down and i was living in duluth where the wind chill hit like negative 70 and shut the city like freezing rain all that stuff i was thinking what the hell's wrong with them yeah and then someone pointed out they don't have they don't have snow plows or shovels i was like oh okay yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're not prepared so for people who aren't familiar with uh rooster teeth's podcast good morning from hell chris i want to give a quick overview of what goes on with the podcast yeah so uh, it takes place in hell, uh, and I'm dead, and uh, my eternal punishment is to interview everyone in the underworld with uh, my co-host, Satan's little brother, Clayton. And so uh, uh, we had, uh, we had uh, uh, you on as, uh, well, as, as uh, uh, Dr. Chuckle and Mr. Hyde, which uh, <laughs> you did a great job in both of them. So thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm super self-conscious about improv comedy as much as I love it. Yeah. Well, you did it's great. Insanely nerve-wracking. Yeah. Um, and then um, we also had Pacific uh, from the Bloody Disgusting Network from uh, SCP Archives. He was on as um, the poet, uh, or not the poet, the writer. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. I was like, the <laughs> Raven? Yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. You, yeah, the Raven guy. Yeah, that guy. You could tell... I did uh English literature was not my uh my uh strongest uh class in high school. Well, as someone with a degree in English literature, <laughs> I am about the same level. John Mullaney has this amazing bit of I was walking across the stage hungover, getting a degree for reading a bunch of books or for someone telling me to read a bunch of books that I didn't read, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> I had to buy the book Walden four times. I have yet to read it. <laughs> I forgot that you, I think you told us that when we recorded that you said uh, you had an English lit because that was a bit in the show. It was that. Yeah, I was ma- just making fun of how useless of, <laughs> <laughs> of a degree it is. It just, it doesn't wow a lot of people. It's like, oh, you got a degree in a language you already spoke. Congratulations. That was must have been hard work. <laughs> Yeah. And it was. So, yeah. So make sure, and, and we'll we'll plug Rooster Teeth at the end. And Rooster, Rooster Teeth everything. Good morning from hell. 
is a, is a hilarious podcast. Your election special, especially. I oh, thank you. <laughs> loved your election special. That had me just cracking up. We did an election special where Satan's little brother, Clayton, was running for president of hell against his brother. So it, we did, it mirrored the election where we were running for the, they were trying to get the election results from the rings of hell. It doesn't go great for Clayton. No, things don't <laughs> usually go great for him. <laughs> He's a great character. I love it, though. It's like so much from Rooster Teeth. Like people might be familiar with like Red versus Blue, the the Halo comedy bit. Um, one of my favorite channels, which I didn't realize was Rooster Teeth for the longest time, was Screw Attack Death Battle. Mm-hmm. I love Screw Attack Death Battle. Yeah, I, I don't know half the characters that are fighting, like Disney characters and stuff, but. Like the amount of research that goes into like calculating a blast size for like a detonation is like how, yeah, how is anyone figuring that out? <laughs> I know. I like how they they make science out of fiction, <laughs> like... out of a page from a manga comic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like amazing. Yeah, uh, and I'm trying to think of, from a horror perspective. Uh, I have another podcast called Black Box Down, which is more like true crime horror <laughs> because it's about plane crashes. Ooh. So, uh, so listeners who like, uh, you know, plane crashes and, and that respect, <laughs> you might want to check that out. It's actually super interesting and not as scary as you might think in terms of like making you afraid to get on a plane. <laughs> if there's plane crashes and it makes me less or not as scared to fly, then you've done a good job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, because Good Morning from Hell podcast spent so much time with the denizens of hell, we decided to team up with Chris to curate a starter list for hell-themed horror. So we're going to curate our five must-see horror movies based around eternal damnation and hell's fiery residence. So each one of us is going to choose a movie that we feel is requisite viewing. And for the fifth title, we're going to debate it out. For those of us who heard our crossover episode with Nightmare on Film Street, for the Christmas episodes... You, one, kind of understand the format. Two, understand I'm a wild card in all this. Then I might just pull out something that's barely tangentially even related to hell. It's going to be like a PG Disney cartoon. Scrooge <laughs> is required horror Christmas viewing. I'm sorry. It just is. I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I thought about a cartoon uh, for for one of these. So I, I get you. So we're going to have a very eclectic list by the time this is done. Which is cool. This is exciting, though. Yeah, our requisite viewing and the definitive list are subjective terms. <laughs> so for our format, we will go around the horn. Um, do we have a random order selected? We can either volunteer, but I do have a cute little cup to yes, draw names. Yes, thank you. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be I, I am prepared, so here's your chance to volunteer an order. Otherwise, I'm going to the Beetlejuice cup. Okay, I'm going to go, because what if somebody picks Ooh. my pick, and then I'm going to be upset, should, you know? Should we, we should explain, <laughs> we should probably explain the rules, right? So, yeah. so how this is going to go is there is an order. The first person gets to pick whatever they want, no holds barred. The next person, yeah. there, there can be no overlap. So if somebody before you took a pick, fall back on your second pick. Uh, so once we, that's all four of us get a turn. And then by the fifth time, like the fifth slot, we're going to kind of collectively choose between our runners up. So we'll throw out a couple of titles that did not get picked and then we'll argue out for what deserves that fifth spot. And that will be our, our top five. So Zeta is volunteering to go first. Does anybody want to go second? I'll go second. You'll go second. Just Do you because wanna... now I'm, I'm afraid. So it's going to pick mine. <laughs> Fair. Does that mean, John, you want to go third and I'll go last? 
Because I, sure, I could talk me. hell all day, so I don't mind going last. I mean, there there are a lot of hell-themed horror movies, but this one, the movie, it, like, speaks it's... to my soul. So I have to, <laughs> all I right. have to mention it. Well, just go. It. Yeah, sorry. Oh, my God, go, John. Don't hold okay. back <laughs> All right. All right. So my choice, The Devil's Carnival from 2012. It's wow. available on Pluto TV, and it's on uh, Tubi for free. And it's basically about these lost souls who entered the Devil's Carnival and they're each, like, they're each faced with their sin. So there's someone who's like a thief, a gullible teenager, um, an obsessed father. And it's like, it kind of looks like a expensive kind of like theme park and stuff. But literally, it's in hell. And it's a musical. Was this a musical? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, Was this with Sean Patrick Flannery? Is he in it? I don't know. Think, well, that's the one I'm thinking of, so I might be completely but, wrong. Yeah, the point but yeah, I think is, I know though, what you're talking about. There's cool costumes, there's original music, and they kind of make hell not look so bad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so is that yeah. why you feel it's it's on this list is because it's the nice side of hell that you, this is a it party is, you want to be. palatable. Side. Yes, the, okay. the musical side. Original music, great costume. At least you'll be stylish. So hell so, needs a musical side. Yes. Got it. <laughs> Everything needs a musical side. Yeah. Every, you know? That's true. We're going to have a whole lot of uh, not-so-fun parties in hell on this list, I have a feeling. <laughs> so Zena's starting us off yeah. with, with the joyous side, I guess. With a good time. With a good yeah. time. Okay. Well, there are also there are also a lot of bad musicals, and and some people hate musicals, so it would make sense that there would That's be true. a musical in hell because some people might find that. That's hellish. true. This could be somebody's version of hell. Yeah. True, true. But honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I have like a love hate relationship with musicals. Sometimes it's like great, and sometimes it's just like help. You know, that's how I feel. But with the music that that's in this one, it's like actually really good. So that's what I mean. It just seemed like I mean, you get a concert like all the time. Like uh-huh. sure. So <laughs> yeah. Good deal. All Unless right. it's Repo the Genetic Opera and Paris Hilton is <laughs> Isn't it the same uh, creator yes. or at least yes, it has to Darren, be Darren uh, Lynn so Bozeman. No, director. Yes. All right. All right, Chris, what do you got? I went with, and I didn't just pick this because it has it in the title, but Drag Me to Hell. Ah, cool. Oh. Um, That's not a cartoon. Oh, no, that <laughs> I considered a cartoon. I considered a cartoon. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I'll bring it up whenever we get to the fifth choice. Okay. Okay. Um, but, I mean, there's, so so the premise is there's a uh, a woman who's trying to get, she works at a bank and is trying to get a promotion. Her boss is like, you got to, you got to do the tough choices. You got to be mean, essentially. <laughs> so then this old lady comes in and is like asking for an extension on her mortgage uh, for a third extension. And she is like, I can't, I, I got to get that promotion. So she's like, tells this old lady no. And then the old lady's begging her and she's like, no, no, no. And then, uh. Turns out that old lady, she knows some magic curses, uh, and then she goes out to the parking lot and steals the girl's button, which I guess is she needed for the curse, and then curses her uh, to be haunted by a demon that's going to drag her to hell in three days. So then uh, she's fighting, trying to break this curse. There's uh, exorcisms. There's uh, uh, the best nose lead scene i've ever that's ever been in any movie um there's a, a corpse vomiting into someone's mouth yes not not like not an even like an animate corpse as in like a corpse falls 
at a funeral falls over and vomits into someone's mouth. As one does. A lot. A lot. It's pretty epic. Uh, There's bad CGI with goats, which is uh, bad goat (laughs) CGI, which I'm not a fan of bad CGI, but when it's bad goat CGI, I think you get a pass. Um, And there's uh, uh, vomiting kittens. Let me let me clarify. Not kittens that vomit, but people vomiting kittens. Oh, okay. Kittens. I was like, I don't yeah. remember a vomiting kitten. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so why this image of hell that sticks uh, out to you? Is it the movie in general because hell's associated or something about how hell I, happens? I, I well, one, I just think it's a it's Sam Raimi. It's like just good, like I mean he so good horror. I just think he does good horror. I've also working on another project that's horror themed at Rooster Teeth. And so I've been doing a lot of, and Evil Dead was a big inspiration for it. And so I, uh, I was looking into these types of movies and I was like, Oh man, that one was fun. And I saw it when it premiered, I think it was at, or not premiered, but I saw it before at South by Southwest and it was super fun. And, uh, yeah. I, so I like that. I like that, like, uh, possessed, evil you know trying to fight off the things that come up from hell yeah i think it's fun sure i have a question though um without spoiling it are you thumbs Mm -hmm. up or thumbs down on the ending because the ending is a a kind of a divisive i'm i'm thumbs up i'm all (laughs) thumbs up both of them i i I agree i think it had to end that way personally i think we talked about this a few weeks ago when i watched it rewatched it for the first time in a really long time Mm -hmm. and i didn't really like it the first time i watched it and i couldn't remember why because i love sam raimi evil dead evil dead 2 is probably my favorite all-time horror movie and uh it, it was because there's there's so many just horrible shitty people in the movie like every character is unredeemable (laughs) Like his, <laughs> his, his boy or her boyfriend is completely under the thumb of his parents. Like the her boss, her coworker who's trying to steal everything. The I mean, frankly, even the the witch, who really she's the one who begged. She's the one who made a fool of herself, and then she felt embarrassed. Yeah. Well, and then she was willing to take a stapler to the head to get that button. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Even I don't even think the main character is that good of a character no, she's no. Not. She was, yeah but i just like it because it's like it's fun and uh I, I i mentioned the uh uh the goat i mentioned the goat yeah, yeah. I mentioned C- bad, bad, CGI bad goat, goat cgi yeah, yeah. And, and, and 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 you know uh corpse vomit you know those are... <laughs> yeah. but i don't know like i kind of felt bad for christine the main I... girl like because she just wanted a race i mean she's and... not a nice girl but i don't think that the punishment fits the crime necessarily no. but no. that's also part of its enduring quality and that we're still going to be talking about it long after yeah mm-hmm. <gasps> and really it just teaches you to be really polite to old eastern european women yeah it's <laughs> a good life lesson yeah no no job is worth it no promotion is worth that all right i this was actually a really tough one for me because i have a list Okay. But I have to go to my old my my old standby. My favorite depiction of hell ever in movies is As Above So Below on Netflix. Um it's found footage, so I tend to lean toward it anyway. But it's, you know, the and I've talked about on this before, but you know, a team of explorers, they're venturing into the catacombs underneath Paris and 
basically they start to descend into Dante's Inferno, more or less, mm-hmm. you know, without without like the big CJFX, like it very easily could have gone more like um, what dreams may come with Robin Williams. We were actually seeing like the seas of tormented souls and stuff like that. But it's the idea of it's just darkness. It's darkness and like a stone labyrinth and you hear noises and see shadows and it's quiet and it's you're isolated and terrified the whole time. Like I've seen it at least a half dozen times. And every time I get to that scene where they're just wandering around and they like just see like a dark figure in the, or they see that chair in that room and they come back and someone's in it. Like it gets me every time. Like it's something about like that. It's a little bit of claustrophobia. But the claustrophobia kind of passes once they climb over, like, that hill of bones. And I kind of, like, as much as they're underground, I kind of forget about that. And you'd think that it would play a bigger role, like the descent or something. But for me, mm-hmm. it's almost scarier because, like, they're just underground. They're just trapped. They have no idea what's going on. They have no idea how to get out. It's stark. It's super simple. But that isolation is just terrifying. As a person who will go days and days and days without going outside... Or talking to people <laughs> that level of isolation was still terrifying to me I, so one of my favorites i gotta say i'm a little surprised i on- i i think i know what you thought i was gonna say yeah and that's my runner up. yeah oh it's your runner up okay then i won't give it away but you are staying on brand with the found footage so good job i knew that you were I, going to pick that one john well it's it's my favorite and for me it's on my list it's probably the one where hell is actually explored the most as opposed to an, uh, an image of hell. Like, I love Drag Me to Hell, but hell is the end. Yeah. Like, it's the idea. It's like the punishment. It's what she's trying to avoid. And you see, like, a glimpse. And, the, and, and hell is depicted as a glimpse in a lot of things. Yeah. Or, yeah, it's um, like you see what comes out of hell so much more yeah. than, like, actual hell. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You're... You know, minus, unless it's, like, Spawn. <laughs> and then he's, like, like you're, down you're... there speaking of bad CGI. <laughs> Your major is coming into play, too, with the Dante's Inferno. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, because I was a hu- I was clearly a good enough uh, student that I would have read Dante, too. <laughs> Dante's <laughs> a tough read. It took, me, it took me like six weeks to read The Fisherman, but I'll talk about that next week. So let's not talk about <laughs> how long it took me to read Dante's Inferno. Fair. Anyway, All right. <laughs> Megan, go. Okay, so... We still have one more slot after this, so that helps. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tricky when you go last. When you go first, you get the whole free reign. Uh, it's like, do <laughs> I pick something from a completely bizarre different corner of hell? Or... Shoot. Um, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to space with Event Horizon. Oh. I knew it! Oh, that was going to be it. my backup. That, that was, that was, yeah, that was my second backup. Second backup? <laughs> So I, that's not what I thought would have been your backup, John. All right. So what did you think my backup was? I'm not going to spoon feed it to you. I'll tell you after. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get to the end. Yeah. So Event Horizon, <laughs> it's on Cinemax, came out in 1997. Uh, plot in 2047, a group of astronauts or, or they're really like blue collar workers sent to investigate and salvage the starship Event Horizon, which disappeared seven years before on its maiden vo- uh, voyage. And then it, you know, reappears mysteriously. So they get a call and they go investigate. And, you know, stuff goes real wrong. Real, real wrong. Um, It's a haunted house movie in space. But more than a haunted house movie, it's like part possession horror, part action horror. And you find out that the event horizon went to hell. 
And those are some of the most, those small glimpses of what happened to the previous crew when they got sucked into that hell dimension is literally the most nightmarish imagery I have seen uh, depicted on screen before. So that alone makes... And not just you, an entire studio that made them cut out a huge chunk of the movie because it was, it was exactly it was, We'll never see again. Never see it again. Yeah. It is lost. it was destroyed, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, they lost it. And this was before oh. the advent of like DVDs and special features, so they didn't see any reason to keep it. I think that Thomas... Or Paul Thomas Anderson. I'll just make up his name. Paul W.S. Thomas. Yeah, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Like, or Tom, you're Anderson, yeah. Yeah, Anderson. Um, has mentioned a couple of interviews over the past, I guess, 10 years that there is some footage that was found on a VHS tape. But, like, when when we share that, I am I would love to see that. Uh, yeah. And Sam Neill is always great in movies, but uh, he's super creepy. I will say that the Uh CG stuff doesn't hold up quite as well, but I'm okay with that because everything else more than makes up with it. So, yeah, I feel like you never would have considered hell in space, but he makes it work. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. (laughs) So for the fifth spot, what should we do? Should we each each say what our runner up is? Yeah. And then then... that will be what we're arguing for or against. Ooh, this is going to be tough. Yeah. Okay. Just one. Just yeah. one. Okay, so, we'll go same order. Zena, go. So, what's your first runner-up pick? Okay, I'm going to go with Wishmaster from 1997 oh. because I love evil genies, and uh, there is a particular scene where they they show hell, his hell. A woman, she sees it. So, basically, for those of you who don't know, this is about a woman who accidentally releases this evil genie and every wish it it has like a a deadly like into it so uh she kind of in this particular scene she wishes to know more about him and he comes from this kind of like ruby like this gem and so as a viewer we get sucked in it's nothing but like red like a dark bloody red tone and there are people who are getting tortured all around while he's kind of sitting up on this throne there's people getting their skin peeled off. Eyeballs are melting like liquid, like fuzzy popcorn, um, slimy. So it's pretty cool. Fuzzy popcorn. <laughs> fuzzy popcorn. So it's pretty cool. I like fuzzy the imagery pop- of that. <laughs> so that's mine. So that's your genie hell. All right, okay. Chris, what's your back? Right, this is a weird one. So I just want to go with me on this. We embrace the weird. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm being a little liberal with hell in it. That's fine. But uh, Legend. Ah, uh, uh, I appreciate oh, Tim this. Curry's the yeah. devil. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. great. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I was like, it's a fantasy, and it's like. It is, and, but it's it's the best depiction of Satan or Lucifer or the Prince of Yeah. Dice. Yeah, carry on. Explain it's it. It's like, I feel like, I feel, well, one, I think a lot, a lot of, like, the, like, Satan memes and stuff are from that, like, giant uh-huh. horns and the huge chin and just like mm-hmm. the ridiculousness of it and uh i mean it, and it's actually i didn't remember it that being so kind of eerie and weird from memory i was like oh it's a fantasy with unicorns and stuff it's like there's some really weird g- really good visual like makeup and g- oh yeah slimy stuff and gross yeah. stuff and i don't know and and I feel like that movie has a, a special place for me because the first time I saw it was 
I was in high school and it was a girl I was dating and then we we were like fooling around. I was like, this movie's great. <laughs> like, I, like I, just, I love this movie. I got I got second base at this movie. Like, this is great. And that's where his love of Then I rewatched it began. and I was like, what am I missing? <laughs> yeah, I'm missing I had something. To. I had to. Experience. I was like, I was like, I don't remember. There's a section of this movie where I don't remember what happened, and decided so to rewatch it. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I love it. Uh what is your second or your runner up, John? Did you you already said what was uh, it? This this was a super tough call for me. Okay. Strangely enough. Um because I'm not entirely sure if either of the two movies I was gonna say for my runner up are actually depicting hell. So I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go with what I think is hell and say Baskin. Uh, I was going to say that one. <laughs> you already so had good. your picks. <laughs> Baskin. It's about uh, for those who haven't seen it. It's about. Um, is it? It's in. Tur- is it based in Turkey? Yeah, it's Turkey. Turkish. Yeah, it's Turkish. So it's a squad of unsuspecting Turkish cops goes basically through the trap door to hell when they stumble on a black mass in an abandoned building. And it was based off a short film. Megan or Zena, do you remember what the name of the short film was? Was wasn't oh. it also Baskin or no? It might have been it might have been the short film might have been Baskin too. Which you can just check out on YouTube. I think it's like yeah, seven minutes long and it's basically them in the van going to uh the the building itself and it definitely doesn't get nearly as deep into it as the movie itself as the movie does. Um Visually, it's probably one of the most striking horror movies I've seen ever. Like the cinematography is, and like just the the framing, the shots, and the imagery, it's just super intense. And I think the mm-hmm. colors of it also play part of it. I mean, I know, like I said on the podcast before, that the Evil Dead remake is probably visually my favorite horror movie, like cinematically. But Baskin, like. Holy crap. Like it's a it's not an easy watch by any means. Yeah. Like it's yeah. really brutal in the first place. It's really tough imagery, but it's also just like it, it's like just spectacular to watch at the same time. Like you kind of have to appreciate even if you don't like what you're seeing, mm-hmm. you kind of have to be like, "All right, well, <laughs> they did it good." They they did a it's, good it's, job making hell yeah. grimy, yeah. gritty, pretty. And it just I was just going to say, and it kind of just felt like it was like kind of dreamy, even though you're watching such yeah. horrific things. So that's one of the reasons why I liked it. Well, and like you're just a little bit confused about what's happening during the whole process, especially from the beginning. Like things kind of seem out of order mm-hmm. and you're not sure what this dream imagery is and like what's actually being hallucinated or like it, it's yeah, it's it's its own thing like it kind of is its own category for me like it's it's definitely not like i don't want to rewatch it often <laughs> by any means not like i would for as above so below but i have to give it high marks for its its visual depiction of hell good deal nice megan you go i'm going uh prince of darkness john carpenter's Ooh. 1987 movie in which graduate students and scientists uncover an ancient canister beneath an abandoned church and uh, that green goo in that canister is the essence of Satan. And they accident <laughs> he makes its way out and kind of, it's almost like an infection contagion zombie-like thing. You know, it finds one host and that host begins infecting everybody else. And then they get trapped in there by Alice Cooper, the homeless guy outside. 
So, uh, yeah, it's this real, uh, leave it to John Carpenter. I mean, it's part of his apocalypse trilogy, the thing, this one, and then, uh, in the mouth of madness. So I feel like, you know, it's kind of, you get more wrecks with just this one pick. Um, but also leave it to John Carpenter to study theoretical physics and atomic theory and get inspired to come up with a satanic horror movie. So, uh, not only is it just really cool and fun movie, but I, I like that it's liquid Satan and it's a scientific approach to hell versus a religious approach. So, yeah. When you say liquid Satan, how, what what does that mean? Uh, the canister, there's like this huge canister with swirling green liquid Uh underneath this church. And like one person... And and early on, there's a whole bunch of like nerdy, sciencey college students that are trying to figure out what this is because it's science related. Um, One person gets isolated in this Mm -hmm. um, in the basement while everybody else is like probably eating pizza or something. And she the the liquid spurts out into her mouth and then she gets possessed and then she starts infecting everybody else. And then Ah. it's part of a whole summoning of bringing over a more physical form of Satan later on. It's it's a very cool movie. Gotcha. So it was him trying to get up. Yes. Get up on Earth. Yeah. yeah. I would be so screwed in that scenario. I would find a canister of green goo and be like, I'm going to turn into a ninja turtle. And then yeah. I turn into the <laughs> devil. But in but a church. Sucks. Yeah. In a church, though, you got to be in a yeah, sewer for like... that. Well, well, but it was you said it was under the church. Like in a weird, but it's a very religious looking. Uh, well, sewers. Ca- they get go religious church too. <laughs> no, they gotta go to. It's gotta be a sewer. Uh, I, I feel Master Splinter used to meditate. Kid, That's yeah, close. Yeah, I my when I when I was a kid, I wanted to grow up and be a Ninja Turtle. That was like my thing. When they're like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" I was like, "A Ninja <laughs> Raphael. Turtle." Raphael. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just in my plan was like I gotta learn karate, I gotta learn gymnastics, and I find some ooze with a hard shell. I like pizza. I'm like yeah. halfway there. You're halfway there. We all like pizza, so we're all turtles at heart. Um, True. What was your runner-up again, Cena? Yours, yours? Uh, Wishmaster. Wishmaster, uh, Legends, Baskin, and Prince of Darkness. Do we yeah. have any we're willing to knock out? Don't vote for your own, because otherwise we'll be in a stalemate all night long. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So now each of us can only vote for someone else's. So, Xena, so, who do you vote for? Um, I vote for you, John. For Baskin? Yeah, I mean. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great movie. I feel like uh, you, you described it well. Chris? Well, I haven't seen any of those others, but I so like the idea. So go with the argument. Of, <laughs> I, I, like, I like the idea of uh, Satan's goo. Satan's goo. <laughs> yes, Satan's goo. <laughs> <laughs> See, normally we would have just discovered the title for this episode. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to vote for Legend. You're right. Like, I thought about Legend. Tim Curry's depiction of the devil is perfect for me. So now I... if Megan votes for Wishmaster, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I actually, I don't, I, I'm surprised because I thought we might end up in a stalemate, but I actually feel like. We've covered a lot of our bases already for hellish depictions that we need a Satan. So I'm also going to go with mm. Legend. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Also. I'll give you that. So yeah, we have our top right. five. You want to? Yay. Yay. So Megan, you want to run down the, our, our 
the Bloody Disgusting Podcast definitive list of hell-based horror movies. Yeah, Zena, what is your what was your actual? I should have written this down like a genius. It's okay. <laughs> so uh, oh, I actually did write these down. Oh, the you Devil's did. Then Carnival you wrote us down. Zena. Yes. I thought you were writing. You had the po- you had the. Buckets. I was I organizing ish. <laughs> All right. So number one, Zena's pick was uh, the Devil's Carnival. Number two, Chris's pick was uh, Drag Me to Hell. My pick was As Above, So Below. And Megan's pick was Event Horizon. And then our our number five runner-up pick is Legend. Legend. Starring Tim Curry and Tom Cruise, for those of you not familiar. And really creepy puppets. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you go back and watch any Jim Henson movie, you're going to be <laughs> a little bit bothered. Like <laughs> Labyrinth will get you. I don't know that well, good. Jim Henson presents. Legend, Legend isn't... Jim Henson, though. I feel like. Oh, no, I'm thinking Dark makeup. Crystal. Good makeup. Good, yeah, I'm pretty sure makeup. it was somebody like Rob Oteen yeah. or some some impressive guy. Really? Legend didn't have, like, the. the it's Jim not Jim Henson. Henson. It's I'm not. Double impressed. Yeah. That, that's one of the. The fact that I just assumed. Holy crap. I feel like it's Stan Winston or Rob Oteen. Were you, were or... you uh, on a date, too, when you saw it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, because that would have put me in college, and I know that I saw this before <laughs> college, so we're going to move on so John can stop feeling awkward about his life. Uh, <laughs> so, Chris, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate yeah. you, you uh, stopping by and sharing your time. I should. I feel like I, I should mention, since I, I teased it earlier, the one cartoon that I consider oh, yes. All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, oh yeah, that's a. Cause they show hell and all dogs go to heaven. Well, uh, hell for dogs. Yes. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember Poor it well enough. Hell for dogs. I thought yeah. no belly rubs. <laughs> no belly rubs. <laughs> a lot it's of fire horrible. Yeah, fiery. It's, as a kid, I saw it and I was like, "Oh my god, I won't go to hell." Oh. <laughs> At least not dog yeah. hell. Yeah. I yeah. thought so, John. Yeah, definitely not dog hell. That's crazy. Good old right. cartoons. I thought right, John's Chris, was going to so... be Hell House LLC. I thought <laughs> for sure. See, but no, it doesn't count because they don't they don't even allude to Hell until There's the demon third on- one demons. or the director's cut of the first one. Yeah, but they don't show anyone getting dragged down. Somebody came <laughs> up from it, right? Yeah, not the same. No. Doesn't doesn't hold a All candle right. as above, so below. Um, okay, Chris. So before uh, before you hop out, uh, let our listeners know where we can find you and what projects they should check out: social media, podcasts, all the sh- all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, if they want to listen to Good Morning from Hell, it's just uh, search for the Good Morning from Hell wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, or Black Box Down, uh, which I mentioned earlier. Just search for Black Box Down, uh, and you or you can find a bunch more of me just in, on roosterteeth.com or roosterteeth on YouTube. And my personal uh, social is just at Chris Damaris, and I'll let out. I'm not even going to try and spell it. I just want you all to try and guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much, Chris. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So, again, just a real quick thanks to Chris for showing up. We really appreciate his time, and we will get back to what we were watching next week. But right now... It is time for Megan brings up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So, Megan, what's going on? What's going on is the Stranger Things creators are teaming up with Steven Spielberg to adapt Stephen King's The Talisman. 
1982, Steven Spielberg loved The Talisman, the fantasy horror book by Stephen King and Peter Straub, so much that two years before the book was even published, he acquired screen rights in perpetuity, meaning he's held on to that forever. Uh, he spent the next 35 plus years trying to develop it as a movie. Various forms of adaptation started. You probably heard some of those news over the years. Like they, they were announced and then they fell through. Uh, now it might finally happen, uh, this time as a series for Netflix. Spielberg has joined forces with Stranger Things creators Matt and Ross Duffel, Duffer to adapt the novel for small screen. The Duffer brothers will executive produce alongside Spielberg. Curtis Gwynn, who worked as a writer executive producer on Stranger Things, will act as writer and showrunner for the project, which is currently in development. Uh, and if you don't know, the talisman tells of a 12-year-old boy named Jack Sawyer who sets off on an epic road trip quest in order to save his dying mother's life. He is in search of the talisman, a powerful relic that can not only heal his mother, but as he learns, save the world. His journey crisscrosses with two realities, uh, the, Mer the America we know and its dangerous fantasy world twin, the territories. Uh, it was an instant bestseller when it hit stores in 1984 and King and Straub reunited for a sequel in 2001. Do any of you have any attachment to the novel or any thoughts on a Stranger Things Spielberg team up? Um, I haven't read the the novel, but I did hear this one, uh, hear the news about it earlier. But I know that with the Duffer brothers being behind it, I think that it could be it could be awesome. I never really got into the the fantasy works of Stephen King very much. I, I read the gun, I read the first book of the Gunslinger or the Dark Tower, um, mm -hmm. but that was about as deep into fantasy as I got. So I love Stephen King uh -huh. as much as I, I suppose as much as the next person. Uh, and I love how much of a fan he is of horror. And that said, I okay, he's got another thing being adapted. I hope it's great. I really do. And you know, but we're 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 very much in just this a uh, news cycle of this this person who's done a thing is adapting another thing, and this thing is going to get rebooted. And I re and I understand that like that's just where the market is. Like that's what's making money. That's what studios are able to recoup their budgets on. It's just kind of like, it's tough, though, to get excited about, okay, another Stephen King thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to be fair, this is uh, something that Steven Spielberg has been dying to get made since 1982. So I think that's the one thing that, that sets it a little bit apart. Also, yeah, on a fingers crossed. personal level, I adore werewolves, and the talisman has werewolves, so... I'm more excited about the werewolf renaissance that we're in right now than, you know, like you said, another Stephen King project. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Don Mancini's Chucky TV series announced its cast. So this was a series that was supposed to get off into production last year. And then a pandemic happened. Um, but it looks like after the pandemic delay, it's about to uh, production's finally about to begin on the Chucky series from Child's Play creator Don Mancini and Channel Zero creator Nick Antosca. In a Collider exclusive, it was reported that Final Destination's Devin Sawa has booked a major role on the show. Huh. Brad Dourif yeah. and Jennifer Fertilli will reprise their characters. Uh, the plot synopsis for the series reads, after a vintage Chucky doll turns up at a suburban yard sale, 
an idyllic American town is thrown into chaos as a series of horrifying murders begin to expose the town's hypocrisies and secrets. Meanwhile, the arrival of enemies and allies from Chucky's past threaten to expose the truth behind the killings as well as the demon doll's untold origins as a seemingly ordinary child who somehow became this notorious killer. So that's right. It sounds like we're going to get more about Charles Lee Ray uh, as a boy. Showrunner Don Mancini previously said in an interview with Sci-Fi Wire that Chucky has a different goal in the TV show than he's ever had before, and it's specifically something designed to evoke something that's going on in the zeitgeist today. Mm. Which makes sense, because his original uh, script for Child's Play before Tom Holland kind of altered it a bit was about consumerism surrounding specifically how things were targeted towards children. You know, this was during the Cabbage Patch doll craze and stuff. Um, so the series is expected to premiere later th- this year. But, I mean, don't be surprised if maybe there are other delays and that gets bumped. But it's coming soon. I feel like by next year, the latest. So do you guys have any attachment to Chucky or the franchise that uh, Don Mancini has kind of birthed? I'm glad that he's back involved in the series, you know? Um, I don't know how he... I would think that he wasn't too happy about the one that came out. Was it in 2019? He's always been involved with this series, but yes, he was vocally not thrilled about the reboot that was separate from this. So it's cool that he's, like, really taking a hold of it. Yeah. John, you have any Chucky fun? (laughs) I never really got into Chucky. You know, I think the first Chucky movie I actually saw was Bride of Chucky. Oh, uh, which, what an interesting one to start of, on. Of Meg Tilly. Yeah. I saw it in the theater. It was just like that time in my life where people were like, hey, what's in the movie theater? Like, let's go see it. And I was like, all right, I'll give a shot. Like, I knew enough of Chucky. Like, he was a killer doll. Like, right. I'm sorry, but I don't. you don't need a ton of backstory before jumping into a Chucky movie. <laughs> no, but. He's been on a um, journey. Like, he so has. He has been. A, I, I totally acknowledge that. And. I think that it doesn't detract from being able to step into a movie if you haven't seen previous ones. I think the later ones might get a little complicated, though. I I feel like they do once Tiffany gets introduced, because then it really feels like he's starting to add a lot more backstory. Um, But, you know, Killer Doll, like, that's fine. (laughs) Like, a little less scary as I got older. I, I like more the idea what they were teasing out. Like, I would love it if if, like, within the series itself, like, the first few episodes, you barely even saw him. I think that would be great. Where he's introduced into this neighborhood and it turns into, like, the Monsters of Maple Street episode of, like, Twilight Zone. Where people just start distrusting people. Like, he's actively just trying to, like, mess with everybody. I don't know that you're like, going to have a show that. called Chucky about a very well-known series and then not show him for a while, though. No, I know. Well, I mean, like, but actually, like, show him, like, being active. Like, you can, like, oh. al- like allude to it. Like, he, he exists. He's been bought. He's at home. Maybe, like, there's little moments of, like, I thought I left him over there or whatever. So, and, and, I, and I don't think that necessarily takes it away from the viewer. It's like Curse of Chucky did that. Are you talking did about it? like that? I didn't see Curse of Chucky. Oh, I really liked Curse of Chucky. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, that's that's the one that kind of was almost like a soft reboot within this the series where he shows up and he's mm. got a very different look and you don't see him move for a lot of it mm-hmm. and mm. nico uh is it nico durov what is her 
or maybe Nico was Fierce? the character's name. It's it's okay. oh Fiona. Nico's Fiona. the character's name. Fiona Duraf was the one mm-hmm. getting suspected of murdering her family because you do not. That one's really good. It is really good. It's one of my actual favorites of of the franchise. Um, and I totally understand what you're so saying. I stumbled into a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's already been done in the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't, but it was new to me. It is new to you. So, um, but yeah, I I totally get what you're saying, and I I also think that there's a little bit of something for everybody in this franchise. It's one of the more consistent franchises in that there's a continuity, even though multiple, especially in the latter half of of the franchise, they're they're trying new things. So you know, I'm excited, and I'm I'm think I'm more excited about like. Devin Sawa doing more horror. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then, uh, Rennie Harlan heads back to horror. So, filmmaker Rennie Harlan is known for his blockbuster-style spectacles, which includes Prison, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, Deep Blue Sea, The Exorcist, The Beginning, um, and now he's making a return to horror with The Refuge. The story follows Sergeant Rick Padroni, who comes home to his wife, Kate, changed and dangerous after suffering an attack by a mysterious force during combat in Afghanistan. Officials say her husband suffered a heavy brain injury, but Kate knows it's more than PTSD. As Rick undergoes unsettling therapy with other traumatized soldiers, Kate discovered he has been possessed by a malevolent spirit. So Harlan told Deadline, who broke the news, I love making horror films because of the visual opportunities and character studies they offer. The Refuge is a terrifying journey into the deepest corners of the human spirit. It's not just a regular horror film about a haunted house or a merciless killer. It's an examination of what can happen when an evil demonic uh, spirit possesses an innocent mind. So casting's underway, filming set to begin in April in Bulgaria. I mentioned Rennie Harlan's name and Xena lit up, so... Because he directed that movie, The Covenant. Like, I love that movie from Oh, is that the... He, he did that one? Yeah. It's That's just... The, okay. It's, it's like the so male craft, good. right? We're talking about the it male is. craft. <laughs> it is. And, you know, I, I know there, there were, like, mixed reviews on that, but I really like that one. Like, you described it perfectly. It's like the male version of, of The Craft. I'm hoping that one day... Like, we first off, we should have received a sequel. Like, it's unbelievable that we didn't receive a sequel. It, it's just so cool. It has male witches and there's magic and it's, I just got- really like, I mean, there is this one really cheesy joke that kind of made me cringe, but, um, other than that, it's a really good movie. So I do. I know, if it's got day. witches, she's sold, but I do love that. It's of all of his movies, these huge, big blockbuster horror movies. That's, that's <laughs> your favorite. Totally fair. Do you have any, uh, thoughts on this one, John? Um, you know, the, the, since I was talking about watching Nightmare on Elm Street 4 a few weeks ago, like, I've kind of been thinking about it more and more, like, it, like, the more I, I think about it, and, like, I have actually gone back and watched it again since, it might, it might be one of my favorite Nightmare on Elm Streets. I like it a lot. Like, Same. the ending, the ending's a little bit cheesy, but honestly, the ending of pretty much all of them are, like, there aren't a lot of good Nightmare on Elm Street endings. Um, and this is the weird the one with the dog pee, right? That's how he gets. <laughs> yeah, the dog peeing fire. Yeah, <laughs> I... unintentionally inspiring Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> but but honestly, like the scares and the the death scenes, especially like the cockroach scene. Mm. Holy yeah. crap! Like that has to stand out as one of the best scenes in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Like it's terrifying, and the body horror aspect, and just all of it. Like it's a 
it's a pretty great movie and it it sounds like the complete opposite of what he's going to do here yeah but it, it gives me hope yeah i think you're spot on there i mean you don't know what to expect from him because he he does everything from big to small so that could be exciting or that could be womp womp we'll find out <laughs> exactly all right listeners your turn and we will be playing messages on the next episode. No, no guest last week or next week. I should have done a better job of preparing you last week, but you know, I'm an imperfect person. So, are you excited for more doll killers? Or can't wait to see a Stephen King, Steven Spielberg team up? Let's hear about it. Number is two two four four seven five one zero four zero, and the number is in the show notes. We'll play the messages next week, or however many messages we get next week. If calls aren't your thing, please feel free to give us or send us an email at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com or send us or drop us a, a message on our Instagram page or our Twitter page or our Facebook page. Yeah. That totally yeah, exists. It does exist. Or sign up at patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod for all kinds of extra bonus goodies like we're going we're gonna to drop right after this. Yeah. And we're not going to tell you. You have to go over to Patreon to find out. So finally, if you're anything like us, you spend more than a little time streaming movies on Shutter, Netflix, Amazon, and all the other services out there. So to keep your indecisiveness at a minimum, Zena is going to clue us in on what we should be watching. So Zena, what should we be watching? So coming our way on Thursday the 11th, Stay Out of the Attic. There's another title, but I'll just let you guys find that <laughs> out on your own. It'll be available on Shutter. Uh, it's basically about a group of ex-convicts who are now movers and they are convinced by their creepy client to pull an all-nighter, you know, get the work done. And then as the night progresses and the rooms are clean, they slowly uncover the horror that exists in the old Victorian mansion. So you're probably like, oh, Zena, like what kind of stuff? Okay, well, there's going to be like, bo- <laughs> <laughs> there's like booby traps and human experiments, um, Nazi monsters and so much more. So. Oh boy. Ooh. And then also coming our way on Netflix, The Block Island Sound. Uh, this one is a sci fi horror. And it said the synopsis is just a strange force off the coast influences the residents and wildlife of Block Island. So I've heard nothing but great things about this one. I've even read like a couple of like reviews where people describe it as moody, mysterious, and very creepy. Then on Friday, Honeydew. I just love that title. It's just, it is fun. It makes me happy. <laughs> so this one will be available in limited theaters. Um, strange cravings and hallucinations befall a young couple after seeking shelter in the home of an aging farmer and their weird son. And Megan, I know you checked this movie out. I what did. Do you I think that this is definitely not a title that will be for everyone because it's so kind of eccentric and idiosyncratic uh to me it's one of those movies that you know the the awkward vibe the really uncomfortable vibe of the dinner scene in the texas chainsaw massacre the original Mm -hmm. where it's like there's a humor to it but it's very uncomfortable that's a lot of this movie but drawn out to to a degree these Mm. are characters that are not likable that you're not supposed to like that's part of the point so uh I know for sure that people are not going to like it, and then people are going to embrace it. It's going to be one of those, it's it's for a niche audience type of movies, I think. Okay. But I enjoyed cool. it. Nice. 
All right, and then last, also coming our way uh, on Friday the 12th, Come True, available on VOD. A teenage runaway takes part in a sleep study that becomes nightmarish, and then they descend into the depths of her mind in a frightening examination of the power of dreams. And the poster for this one it just looks magical. And then... <laughs> I just want to say... Oh. The, this one, I, I like this one. Um, did you ever see Holidays, the anthology? There's yes. the segment Father's Day. That's Ooh. the best freaking, same director, writer. That's the creator. Nice. So if you liked Father's Day, you will probably really like Come True. Okay, awesome. And then last, and certainly not least, uh, Bloody Disgusting TV. You can stream horror 24-7, and you can stream it on your Fire TV, Apple TV, and also the Select TV. You can sign up and find us at Channel 507. Yeah. And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. Once again, thank you to our guest, Chris Damaris, for stopping by the show. Make sure to go check out everything Rooster Teeth has to offer, but especially his podcast, Good Morning From Hell. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com or on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on our own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. You can also hear me on this week's episode of Good Morning from Hell, playing both Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Be nice. I don't do that much improv comedy. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody.